1: Visit 80 to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
2: It would be hating you if I knew something and I believed something, whether you believed it or not. Regardless of if you believed me or not, or anyone believed me, it would be hating you if I believed something and didn't tell you. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the first podcast of 2023 Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's crazy that people will be listening to this, hopefully, years from now. They're going to be like, wow, 2023, this is so old. <laughs> but it's the first one that we're doing in the new year. Well, I, I mean, this, with me.
3: this is episode number 169. 169. Dude, you've done 169 of these things.
2: Yeah. You are getting old. So there's <laughs> that's a long time of doing these things, man. Well, it is crazy. It's crazy. for real. And you, this is Bernie Calcote. He's been a guest on this podcast, probably 50 of those, 40 of those. I yeah, I, I have no like idea. That. We'd have to count it up. But um, one of my favorite guests, I always hesitate to say my favorite guest because, you know, I got brothers and Pastor Chad, got to love those guys too.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, well, it's an honor to be here, guys. Yeah. Love,
3: love you, love your fans, and love the opportunity just to sit and
2: chat like we're driving down the road in a pickup talking about life. That's exactly what we do. We answer your questions. If you have a question, email GrangerSmithPodcast at gmail.com, and we'll just get to it. We'll talk about it long form, not always right about everything, but uh, we'll we'll talk about it like we're just buddies. We'll talk about it like we're right, but it doesn't necessarily mean we are. <laughs> All right. First question here. I'm going to hit this one right here. I just randomly hit this in the inbox. It says, is it worth it? Email says, hey, Granger, my name is Brady. I'm from a small town called Gillerford, Indiana, near Lawrenceburg, Indiana, where you played a show not too long ago. First off, I want to say I listen to the podcast every Monday while I'm at work, and it's helped me through a lot. I'm 17. I'm a senior in high school. I enlisted in the army back in March. When I was enlisted, I was in a relationship that I recently ended after a year and a half. The reason I broke it off was because she was worried that she was going to cheat on me when I leave for basic training in June of 2023 and won't be back until December of 2023. Sorry for kind of chuckling there. My question is, is it worth getting into another relationship before basic or should I wait till after? I started talking to my biggest high school crush but I'm not sure if she what she thinks about me. I've tried talking to God about this but God never answered the phone. Just kidding. He said, "But I haven't found an answer. <laughs> Any advice is appreciated. Bernie, before we say anything, I'm switching this. I'm ta- I'm making I'm making this question come from Boston. Your son who is 12. Okay. We did this on the last episode. Now Boston is now Brady. Yeah. This is five years from now. Yeah. He's going into the army. He says, dad, um, I just got out of this relationship. The girl dumped me. And I'm wondering, dad, should I get into another relationship right now or just wait till I go to basic training? Okay,
3: Boston. Um, whenever you were first telling me this, it sounded like y'all broke up because she was afraid she was going to cheat on you when you were gone for basic training. Is that right? Yeah, but that's another girl. Okay. But you're not with her anymore. No, she's gone. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, because we we had to take care of that first. Yeah, um, um, son, I love you, and ultimately, uh, I'm going to support you no matter what. But <laughs> I I hope that you just can be 17, and you're about to leave, and you know, let's go like kick the soccer ball around and, and go fishing and like play with your family and like there's going to be many girls down the road, and you're going to meet people in the military that you know, you click with and have those opportunities. But for now, I would just like say, nah. Yeah. And if you knew, I I, I understand like putting this in the context of my son, but like, you know, Boston, this is the last conversation he's oh, yeah. going to have with me. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like, dad, I'm ready for the military. I'm focused. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm not getting distracted by anything. So, yeah, Brady, the the unanimous answer from me and Bernie and every single person listening and all of your friends and your parents and everyone around you is no, you should not get into a relationship before basic training, especially for what it sounds like just to get into a relationship. You're just you sound like someone that's like, well, I need to check a box like I'm supposed to be in a relationship. Should I check that box now or wait till after? Yeah, you sound like somebody that's seventeen, and
3: we were seventeen, and we were so dumb. And I'm not saying you are. I was, but there's a good chance that you might be. So just (laughs) let the girls go, focus on being seventeen and having fun now, and like enjoy being young, because man, it goes like that.
2: I'm not sure that you're dumb, but there's a chance that you might be. (laughs) I think that's what you said. Make that on, put that on a t-shirt. All right. Yeah, Brady, no, get stay single. Go into, the, go into the army. Now, here's the thing. It's the last thing I'll say before we beat this dead horse. Um, in the army, especially if you deploy, you're going to start feeling lonely and you're going to start thinking about this high school girl and she's going to get prettier in your mind and prettier, and prettier and prettier and cooler and nicer and sweeter until she's like the greatest girl on the planet Earth. Okay. Uh, Just know that going in, that you're going to feel loneliness, you're going to feel like you need somebody, but man, seek wise counsel of guys in the army ahead of you. Mm-hmm. They will tell you how big divorce is because of that feeling, because that feeling to get it, to get into a relationship. And then the the second step is I better marry her now before I deployed it to wherever. And then you get married and then you have a baby right before you leave. And then you're gone for 16 months and then you come back and the baby's born and growing and she doesn't love you anymore because you're never there. This is a thing. And wise counsel from other guys in the army could really help you. Let's hit another one. Subject line says, Need guidance. I want to start off by saying thank you, Granger, for everything you do. My name is Tyler. I'm 21. I'm from a small town called Monroe, Washington, currently working as a heavy equipment operator, but my dream job is law enforcement. That's why I'm messaging you. Recently, while listening to your podcast at work, which helps me get over the Monday blues, I realized I've gone down the path of alcoholism. I'm addicted to nicotine. I've lost touch with my faith, and I'm a, I've am never been a good reader. I do listen to an audio version of the Bible. I got a tattoo with Galatians 2.20. It's a reminder every day of who I was. How do I quit my ways of bad habits and reunite with God and strengthen my connection? I've tried reaching out to my elders in church, but it's just hard with my schedule. Any suggestions? That, wow. that question took a turn that I didn't think it was yeah. going to take. There's a picture of his tattoo here on the email, uh, but
3: yeah. Is Galatians 2.20, for I'm crucified with Christ, and yet I live, not I, but Christ lives within me? Is that it? I think so. Okay. Maybe y'all correct me if that's top top not, but... Of, I don't
2: know that off the if, top of my head. If
3: that is it, then it kind of contradicts what the last thing that he said... Well, let's just look it up. ...which was
2: being busy with his schedule. Yeah. it's That's so like, well... I've been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me in my life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me but that what he's saying is he, he got that tattoo to remind him of who he was mm. as if that used to be him but yeah. not him anymore yeah um okay where do I start uh because this is taking this took a turn because I you were like you're heavy equipment operator. Your dream job is law enforcement. That's why you're messaging the podcast. And then you realize you're in alcoholism and nicotine and you've lost faith. But what does that have to do with the dream job as law enforcement?
3: Maybe, he, I mean, because the email title says need guidance. And maybe he's like, hey, this is the path I'm on. This is where I want to go. These are the things that I do believe. I believe them so much. I put them on my body. Like, how do I course correct. I, if I'm kind of understanding and tracking with you, I feel like that's the guidance
2: that you're looking for. Um, so what I'm seeing here, you're just kind of wanting a restart on life. You're wanting to get a new job, which is your dream job. You're wanting to uh, quit alcohol, nicotine, and renew your faith. And you're asking us guidance on how to kind of rekindle this new start. Um he said something at the end about schedule, though. Can you read that part again? Yeah, which is interesting. I, I saw that, too. I've tried reaching out to my elders in my church, but it's just hard with my schedule. Okay. So
3: um, I remember you, you've you talked about this many times on this podcast. You did a sermon about it. You talked about it at the movie premiere. There's this word that people in our culture just really don't like, and that word is surrender. Mm. And that's honestly what you tattooed on your body. Like, I'm crucified with Christ, and um, yet I live, not I, but Christ in me. Like, you have surrendered your life, or you did at one point. Um, And and let me just empathize a bit with you. I, I We understand that life can just yeah. feel overwhelming, and it can feel like a struggle, and there's just a lot of suffering and hurt and brokenness in our world. So we're not taking that out of this conversation. But if you're looking for guidance, the first thing you have to do is make room in your schedule to meet with the elders of your church, make room in your schedule for God's word to really start to like be what has your attention. If that's first and foremost, I promise you, and I know Grant, you will say the same thing The path that you're supposed to be on, the good works that He prepared for you before the foundation of the earth, you will see what those are to walk in those. It may be in law enforcement. It may be in something you have no idea. That's the adventure of this faith, is that we are surrendering. I think there's a lack of surrender. I think when that comes in, you're going to have to look into also um, some therapy, some uh, uh, substance abuse support, there's some counseling and other support that you're going to need, but I really think that it it comes down to that word of surrender, which is, you know, it kind of makes us cringe a little bit, but I, I think that's where this is going to start for, for this fellow.
2: Yeah, and so I want to kind of break this down, take a little time on this question with you, because I think a lot of people listening probably, there's probably at least one or two things in here that they could relate to. Uh, so let's break this whole thing down. And, and I, I love to start with what what Bernie instantly heard about the schedule thing. I'm a firm believer that that you could always tell how badly someone wants something by the result in, of that thing in their life. So like someone says, my number one goal, like all I want is to be a good father. But if they're not being a good father, then you go, well, you don't really want to then. And so when you say... I really want this, Granger. I really want to change my life. And I'm really wanting to meet with my elders. And then you turn around and say, but it's just hard with my schedule. Then I would say back to you, then brother, you don't really want to meet with your elders. Because if you did, that would be the priority. And you're like, Granger, you don't understand my schedule with my heavy equipment. I got a lot of work. And I'm like, then you don't want this new life bad enough. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. The, and, and I could see another example of that. You say, I want to read the Bible. I want to renew my faith, but I've never been a good reader. I would say, then learn how to read. Try to read harder. Pray. That's, that's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. Like, God, I'm not a big, I don't feel like I'm a big reader. Hey, I'm not either. Like reading is not a first, like I wasn't born with the ability to just pick up a book and read. And some people are. I'm a guy that's had to learn the art of that, the craft of that. I've had to force myself to sit down and be undistracted. And that's a good prayer for you. Like, God, I I want to read your word, but I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm not a good reader. So enlighten me so that I want to read more. Help me have patience. Patience set small goals for yourself. Like I'm going to read one chapter, one, that's it. So small goals. Um, And then something I want to talk to you about, Bernie, how do you and your personality, because everyone deals with addiction in different ways or bad habits, breaking bad habits or bad addictions. Everyone deals with that in different ways. So how do you deal with breaking a bad habit? (laughs)
3: Um, I I think first you have to be self-aware. Not you,
2: you, you. Yes. Okay. Okay.
3: So I have to be, Okay. Good. I have to be aware. Um, And luckily I have a beautiful wife that can help me be aware of some of these bad habits. Um, But you have to really be self-aware enough to, I have to be self-aware enough to accept them like, Hey, this is a bad habit. This is causing destruction in my life. It's not healthy, it's not biblical, it's not beneficial. Um, And I have to have that conviction. So conviction has to be the first thing for me, uh, that this has to change. Um, I think that um, if you can, if I have, like, let's just say flossing, okay? That was something I never did. Dennis said, you need to do this. Um, Have you heard of Keystone Habits? Yeah, from you. Okay, so... Attaching something like that to something else, um, and it can it can be the same thing if I'm trying to break a habit. I have to form like a keystone habit that will help me replace that thing. Right. And then from there, and that can be a small thing. That can be something really small. Hey, I'm going to get out and I'm going to run three miles this morning. Okay. It's, you know, for some people that's a lot. Somebody small. I'm, I'm going to get out and I'm going to do this, and then from that. I can start to attach different habits to that keystone habit that then will basically just like take the attention from me focusing on the bad habit. And like, I can't do that. I can't. It's like, this is what I'm into. This is what I'm focused on. Um, and I think that over time, uh, I think you start to build and maybe I, I don't know if this is true for, it's been true in my life. I think that over time the the understanding of habit forming and how how to break habits and and form habits has become a little bit easier. So mm. there's some things that, you know, for me now, it's like, oh, I'm gonna start doing that. I start doing it and I haven't stopped for the last 66 days. Um but cold turkey. If you had asked me that, you know, 10 years ago there's no way. So it's, it's like, you've always said, you have to start with small goals and then just kind of build
2: and build and build. So, yeah. So what, being aware of it, that's not, that's first. Um, let me tell you something and Tyler, you're the alcohol, especially down the path of alcoholism. That sounds like you're, you're, you're pretty consistent with it. That's going to lead to a lot of bad things. That's going to lead you to losing your dream job at law enforcement for sure, possibly losing your current job at heavy equipment, which is, sounds like a great paying gig. And it's definitely going to be very destructive in your path, talking to your elders. You're going to feel ashamed. You're going to feel um, not worthy. It's it's going, to, it's going to create all kinds of problems. Now, connected to that is your addiction to nicotine. Those, thing, those two things are directly connected. This is how it works. Either... Either one's gonna spur the other. So either your nicotine, when you're having your fix, cigarettes, vape, or chew, you're gonna think to yourself, I need a drink. I need a drink. I'm a little edgy. I need a drink to just calm things down. And the same works the other way. You're gonna have a few drinks and you go, I need a dip. Got a few drinks in me. I'm gonna have a dip. So those two things are connected. You're gonna have to attack one or the other. I the reason I asked Bernie that question is because I like cold turkey. But it takes, I don't i don't mean to sound self-righteous at all, but it takes self-discipline mm-hmm. to just be like, I'm not touching it. Now, Bernie's on a great point that you need to replace it with something. And so um, the alcohol, you could replace it with Dr. Pepper. It's not a good alternative because it's got so much sugar in it, but it's something, or Coke Zero, or something that's liquid that you drink. You could do that. Um, Somebody would suggest you avoid places with alcohol. So you're not going to go eat at the bar at Chili's. When the bartender's like, you want anything to drink? And it's right there. It's like, might as well. So you're going to avoid those kind of places. You're going to avoid people that are socially drinking with you. So it's like, hey, Tyler, same drink we always have together, buddy. It's very, it's much more difficult to be like, actually, I'm trying to slow down on alcohol. It's like, come on, man, just this once, it's harder. So you've got to set those boundaries at the very beginning. Then um, the nicotine thing is much easier. And I actually went through this recently. Um, I was doing those uh, uh, Velo pouches because that's what it ended up being for me, which is nicotine. And I was thinking with it, it helped my brain, it helped me with doing radio. And until I realized like, <laughs> This can't, it says on the box, like not going to cause cancer or whatever, but I was thinking this got to be bad for me. Like this can't <laughs> be good for me. No one really knows what this stuff's doing. So I decided a while back that I'm just going to stop, completely stop. And once again, it was a cold turkey thing. Now, how how do I help myself with cold turkey? I got I, I threw away everything in my house, in my car, in my bus that was those pouches so that I wouldn't have... an an idea that I might want to grab another one. Then I replaced it instantly with gum. So I started chewing like watermelon gum. And every time I had a feeling like I want one of those pouches, I popped a piece of gum. And over time, I think they say like 21 days, uh, you could break a habit like that. And when you break that, the alcohol habit is going to follow if you're staying away. So this is a long, really long answer, but I think it's important for a lot of people to hear that that you don't have to take everything at once and just go, I'm gonna meet, I'm gonna meet with my elders, I'm gonna renew my faith, I'm gonna read my Bible, I'm gonna quit cigarettes and vape and chew and I'm gonna stop drinking. Like that's too much. You can't do it. So start small. Go to the gas station today and get you some watermelon bubble gum.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And go, okay, here we go. Tiny, tiny steps. Aim low. And the next time you want a cigarette, Put in that watermelon bubblegum. It's a tiny step, but that's a small victory. And these small victories will build the confidence up. Your buddy calls and says, hey, you want to eat at Chili's? And you go, I'll go, but I'm getting a booth in the back. I'm not sitting at the bar like I did. Why? I'm trying to cut down alcohol. I got a dream job coming up of law enforcement. I'm trying to better myself. These are small steps. All that gives you the confidence. Then to clear your schedule and go talk to an elder and go, look, these are the steps I'm taking. I want to talk to you about this. I want to read more of my Bible. I want I want to figure out this thing that, because, because I, I crave it and I miss it. Look at this tattoo on me. This is something I want in my life. And here's the steps. Look, here's my watermelon bubble gum I got in my pocket. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And the elder's like,
3: you've come to the right place. Yeah. That's great, man. Great answer. Yeah, focus on progress, not perfection. Let's take a break. Give yourself some grace there.
2: Welcome to 2023, y'all, the very first podcast of the year. Hey, thank you so much for supporting me, Granger, in all these years of the podcast, the people that have listened the longest and the people that are brand new to it and have seen it evolve over time. Thank you so much. If you have suggestions on what you want to see this podcast do in 2023, hit me up on Instagram. Go to my latest post and say, hey, man, just listen to your podcast and I got some ideas for you for 2023. You want me to keep on answering your questions? You want to hear more guests? I'd love to hear your ideas. And once again, just thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me. Back to the podcast. All right, we're back. Pulling up another email. If you want to email me, by the way, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Got my great buddy, Bernie Calcote, a longtime guest on this podcast. I'll be here many times
3: in 2023, Lord willing.
2: Yep, I'll hold you to it. All right. All right, next question, Septic line religion. That word dom 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 the ominous word of religion. It says, please withhold my last name from anything online. Peter, I'm 34. I'm from Maine. Good morning. Prior to 2020, I hadn't really been very religious. My mother's always said I'm an Anglo-Catholic, but I never went to church unless it was a wedding or a funeral. After 2020, I just had a strong feeling of a needing to be part of a faith or a community. I've taken some silly, what is your religion test online, but none of the answers are consistent. How would you find which religion best suits you? Thank you, Peter. Oh, Peter, great question, bro. I'm so glad you came to this podcast with your question and with your name, Peter. Um, <laughs> Uh, 34. Shout out to Maine. Um, uh, I think it's a great question, and I, and I'm I don't know if you're going to expect what me and Bernie are going to say, um, but either way, I, I I don't even know what I'm going to say. So you go first. I, hope, <laughs> I just hope you're I hope you're listening. And first of all, let's define religion, okay? Um, and and we'll explain your your longing for it. And ironically, what you said, I I just have a strong feeling to be part of a faith or a community, and that's just man such human nature. We we are just community creatures. We we crave uh, family and community and friends and common common ideas and common hopes and common dreams and common enemies, and because we, we're, we're tribal and and we we always have divided up into tribes we've always done that since the beginning that's just the way that we're created and so we not only like common dreams and hopes and aspirations and missions and battles but but we also like common enemies and common adversaries and common things that we like to avoid because we just kind of we're pack animals you know we're tribal creatures and so what you're saying is normal i'm affirming what you're feeling is normal it's not strange this this is this completely rebukes evolution because no evolved creature an accident a uh, pond scum would have this strange need to be in community and to want uh, something like some people say a higher power or some something that we could worship because we're just made to worship something. whether it's Elvis or aliens or Donald Trump or a god or a golden calf or or a Tom Cruise, we, we we're just or a soccer player as we've seen That's recently. a wide range of uh, idols. I'm just thinking of everything. <laughs> I'm thinking of everything um, or a, yeah. or AI or um, Armageddon like or zombies like we we just want something to worship and we crave it and everyone worships something or wants to whether they admit it or not you just just a small diagnosis of any human on the planet. oh yeah, they're worshiping something. Mm-hmm. So you're normal, welcome to the crew, uh, you are human, we've checked your pulse. Now let's dive into what is religion. Um, well, religion is man-made, and it is, it is the way that we come together to worship th- something. And we create a way to, for us to honorably worship that thing um whether it's a a world cup soccer game and you wear you know, let's let's all wear these clothes and let's do this hand signal and let's chant this and then we'll do you know we'll we'll all get together and we'll build the statue and we'll do this that's essentially religion what i'm trying to do my, i'm trying to do my best at separating a relationship with Jesus Christ from everything else that i've been saying for the last 3 or 4 minutes religion worshipping higher power the man upstairs aliens god a god a lowercase g god i'm trying to separate all that from the only way the way that you were intended to worship the way that you were intended you created to love and and yearn and adore and have joy and have hope in is your creator. The only thing, the only entity, the only being that you need to worship is the one that made you with the desire to worship.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that's good. So
3: all those first things that you listed, I think here, like this is what I'm kind of hearing from you. Like all of those things that you first listed are really focused on making us happy. Yes. They they are they are tools in order to make us happy. We do these things. And the difference when Jesus comes onto the scene is he says I actually am not here to make you happy. I'm here to make you holy and worship me because that is what you were created to do. So we have this decision to make do we believe that he is worthy? Um, all e- everything on that other side, and you taking these tests, it's like you're 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 actually seeking something, and it's happiness. Like, okay, this thing, maybe I was, you know, a huge Brazil fan in the World Cup, and they fail, my soccer team failed me, that religion failed me, so I'm gonna go to this girl, and no, oh, that's fail. So now it's like faith. I feel I feel like I need to. I need to fill this to make me happy. I need to find a religion that's going to make me happy. It's the best hmm. fit for me, but
2: satisfy this yearning yeah, inside me.
3: But you, you have to like understand the context of y- your question when you come to Jesus. He's not going to say, "I fit you. I'm, I'm going to make you happy." Um, he's going to say, um, "I don't need you." Uh, as if, you know, God is served by human hands alone, but he gives to all things, life, breath, and everything. I don't need you, but you need me. And you were designed to give me everything. And if you if you decide that you feel that tug in your heart, like that's, that's it, my eyes are open and that's it, then everything that you've wanted in that, in seeking happiness and that contentment and that security and that satisfaction that will all be found in him. It'll just be very different than maybe the way you're viewing it right now. I don't know how Total, that sits. Totally.
2: But. So now what I want to do now, we've like come in with like light gloves. Let's just let's get a sword out and let's start breaking some stuff. Okay. Like, let's just go at it with the sword and smash. Okay. <laughs> Granger, are you saying that <clears throat> Jesus is the only true religion? How could you say that? It sounds so arrogant. Let me answer that question. That hypothetical. Every religion, all of them, are going to say that they're the only way. Okay, so first of all, I'm I'm not going against anyone. I'm going against everyone <laughs> when I say when I say something like that. Um, Islam, uh, Hindu, Buddhist. They're all going to say that their way way is the right way. They come across on paper like they're all inclusive, but no religion is inclusive. And so I would say Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, which means no one goes to heaven but through me. That's what he's saying. We all are... Here comes the sword. We all are, are eternal beings. We have two destinations, heaven or hell. We're going, all of us are going to one of two places. Jesus is the only way to go to heaven. That's what the Bible says. Now, these, this is a subject that's not often put on social media because people these days feel so sensitive about putting that out into the world because they're like, oh, that sounds so in, exclusive. Like, You know, I don't want to make anybody mad. Well, I don't have to make anybody mad. I'm just, I'm repeating what the Bible already says. And that's what I believe. So then you're like, well, how do you believe that over the other ones? I would say, great question. So I would start researching. If I were you, Peter, I would research your name. First of all, where did your name come from? Very interesting. Two, I would take a deep dive on Jesus and the God of Israel Yahweh. I would do a a deep dive on who Yahweh is. Where did he come from? Where where does his story begin? Why do people know him? What does the Bible say about him? I would take a deep dive, and then I would start contrasting that on the other world religions. And then take a look at that and put all the facts in front of you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. But Jesus, you need to know he's not including everyone. He's saying, I am very exclusive. You have to come to me. You have to come through me. You have to ask from me. No one else will get in. I am the door. I am the way. What way? What way to heaven? Me, through me. That's what he says. So you could tell as I'm building your question, this is much more then what religion should make us happy, like Bernie said? Like,
3: yeah, I'm gonna use some a line from one of your songs, and forgive me, I don't remember which one it is. But um, if it's if it comes easy, it won't last. Oh shoot! <laughs> now I'm having a. I had it in my head. Okay, well, what's the line say? It's it's basically the inverse of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. It's uh, if, if it if it comes easy, it won't last. And if it it lasts, it don't come come easy. easy. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. okay.
3: So what he's talking about, I swear I'm a fan, dude. (laughs) 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 So what you're talking about is not easy. If you're looking for a computer system to tell you which religion, which seems very easy, it's not going to last. Whatever you're going to come up with, even if it's Christianity or whatever, it's just not going to last. Like what Granger is asking of you is to give you something that will last. And so just know that it's not going to come easy. But if if you really want this, um, I just challenge you to do what he's saying. Like, dig into this. Yeah. Like, this is actually
2: eternity for you. So it's worth your time. It's a great way to start 2023 with this kind of question. Um, just in case any of you guys wonder why I do this, in case you wonder why Bernie drives an hour during the middle of his day, on a busy day when he has stuff to do, why he drives over here to this podcast and why I do it every single Monday, it's it's not a, it's not because it's a job or a career or a platform builder or a fan grab. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, Peter, that when you ask about religion, I'm trying to tell you what the Bible really says in inside this book. It says that if you don't go to Jesus, you're not going to make it. You will not make it. It's this is life or death. It's not happiness or sadness. This isn't a pick me up. This is life or death. So I get on here in this podcast and I say stuff like this, and I lace it with a lot of questions about relationships. But the true fact of the matter is, I want you to know desperately the difference between life and death is Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can call me wrong. You can call me a bigot. You can call me false. You can try to cancel me. You. I I am not giving any new information. I'm telling you information that comes straight from the Bible that I have experienced wholeheartedly with my entire being and mm-hmm. it saved my life and y'all have seen a drastic change in my life on in my mm. in my public stance. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is it.
3: Yeah, so I would say not just for Peter, but beginning of the year, there's probably a lot of let's just like take this and and Consider this for other Christian believers out there. Like, what do you believe? And why why do you believe that? Why why do you just trust what Granger says? Because he has a platform and a cool TikTok? Why do you just believe what the pastor at your church says? Like, I promise you, there's so much more to seek and you will find than mm. oh, I just found Jesus and he's it now. No, the depths of this. I, like, we haven't even scratched the surface. I feel like I, the older I get, I realize I know nothing. Like, I know nothing. Yeah. I am constantly wrestling with, well, why do I believe that? Where did that come from? Mm. What history does that have behind it? Like, what what authority was that under? Like, this is a good time to wrestle with those things, and I promise you, I mean, the name God's chosen people, Israel, means to wrestle with God. Like, guys, what if this is a year you just wrestle? You don't take the easy, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I go to church on Sundays, and, you know, that's good. Yo, yeah, well, he what he said? Oh, yeah, I'm going to like that. W- what if we decided, man, let's just wrestle with this? And it's, it's like this, you know, like, thing we get to just stretch open and look at, and then it's always going to kind of, like, come back. Um, that's so, good. So not just Peter, but all of us this year. What if we did that?
2: Don't take my word for it. That's what Bernie's saying. Don't take our word for it. Yeah. Don't don't believe me just because I say it. Uh, wrestle with it. Yeah. Dive into it. Uh, but but this is uh, this is a a serious matter. And why do I do it? Like why do I why would I care? Well, I'd like to think that it's 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 my responsibility. And I'd like to think that Peter, I love you, man, because you're one of my fans. You come you come to me with a question. And it would be hate. It would be hating you if I knew something and I believed something, whether you believed it or not. Regardless of if you believed me or not, or anyone believed me, it would be hating you if I believed something and didn't tell you. Mm. Right? That's Yeah.
3: It. That's good, man. You should be a preacher one day. <laughs> All right,
2: let's hit let's hit another one here. My husband stays silent. Hey Granger and friend, or just Granger. You're lucky you got a friend. <laughs> please keep me anonymous. I'm from the great state of Utah. My husband and I have been married for three years. We have three kids so far. It's been ups and downs and the twists and turns that are expected. My thought and question is this, when I'm going through a hard time or just talking about things that are hard on me, my husband stays silent. There's no sympathy, empathy, or just a damn hug. I understand he doesn't have anything to say, but I feel lonely, and I'm resentful, and I don't feel like I can lean on Him. I'm leaning on Christ, and I feel my relationship with the Lord is on solid ground. I just don't have the cleave unto one another, Genesis two twenty four feeling. Before I got married, I was confident and comfortable by myself. But now that I'm married, I'm lonely, and I feel worthless. I understand I can't change Him. I'm just wondering if you have any other ideas for me to strengthen my relationship. Thank you. Anonymous, thank you so much for trusting us with something so vulnerable. And and I am here to tell you that you are not alone. There are a lot of people that feel this way. Probably a lot of people listening right now that feel like they're in your shoes. Some some somebody has just echoed and said, "That's my story." Thank mm-hmm. you for asking the question, um, because this is the world we live in, and this is this what this happens. So many times. So thank you for being the voice of many and asking a very hard question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help the best I can. Um, this is where I'm going to lead you. You say, I'm leaning on Christ and I feel my relationship with the Lord's on solid ground. Jesus says to Peter, not the Peter that just asked the question. He says <laughs> it to his disciple, Peter. He says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. He asked him this three times. And and the way that he wanted an answer from Peter to prove his love was that he fed his sheep, meaning that he served his people. And so the answer, no matter how difficult, no matter how lonely, no matter how oppressed, the answer doesn't come from violence or sharp words or divorce, or other kinds of critical tactics, the answer, biblically, always comes through serving. And that is so hard because it sounds so passive. Something that, that, is, that comes with such brunt force can appear to be so passive and weak. Like serve, that's the answer, Granger? That's, that's what you're going to tell me to do to my husband who just sits there on the couch and doesn't say anything, and I'm so angry with it? You're telling me serve him? And I'm saying, hey, there is something that we have no clue about in our DNA and our makeup that when we serve, it replenishes us in a completely selfish way like like mm-hmm. serving others when you go to a soup kitchen you do it because originally you want to like help others but you drive home and you're like man I feel awesome mm-hmm. I feel renewed I feel my tank is full mm-hmm. we all know that feeling when you mm-hmm. give a gift at christmas and you give that you give that person like it starts off as a self selfless thing you're like look at this present i gave you and then when they love it you start filling up yourself, you're like, "Wow, that almost felt better than me getting my own present." In fact, mm-hmm. it, that's the best part of Christmas, mm-hmm. is me filling up. So my point is, when in doubt, serve. When you feel lonely, serve. How does that look? I would say, I would say you 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 know his favorite meal, and on a random day. You 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 get in the kitchen and you make something. Now this is this sounds so chauvinistic and so oppressive. I know how it sounds, and I, but I would say the same thing for the husband if he had emailed me. I would say the same thing. Get in there and you just make this like, this beautiful meal, and he comes in and he's like, "What's the occasion?" And you go, "I just love you," and I'm just I'm I just I appreciate you working so hard for me and the family. Mm-hmm. And inside you're like, no, no way. No, way. I don't feel that way. I feel lonely and you're an idiot and you don't treat me right. And I'm going to divorce you. And other, there's other men out there that would treat me so much better than you. Even though that's what you're screaming on the inside, on the outside, you serve, <coughs> you serve, you serve. And, and although you can't control how he reacts to the serving, something begins to grow in you. Something begins to restore and rejuvenate inside you, and the loneliness mm-hmm. starts fading away. I can't explain how, but I know it's true. Yeah, that's good, man. So um, running out of
3: time, but the last thing I'll say to this question, um, I- I'll say what I said on the last podcast, because I think that this statement um, was just very impactful and and true in my life um, but gratitude is the front door to the house of grace. what you are needing for your husband is grace to show him grace and that's undeserved merit yeah. you know undeserved favor unmerited favor like he de- if he's just sitting there he's not really engaging like he doesn't deserve your grace and your love and your you serving him. But if you can somehow, when those thoughts of resentment or bitterness or uh, whatever those come in, if you can just somehow in your mind change the channel and switch those to gratitude and just go focus your attention back on some great time that you guys had together, some awesome time that he served you or made you feel loved or did listen to you and go back there, it's going to like change the way that you start to respond to him with grace. You're able to serve him and, and really feel, it's genuine and and there's just a lot of grace there. The the last thing I'll say is just very practically. My wife and I did this. I'm sure that wherever you are, there is some local church that's offering uh, a program called Reengage. If you could somehow get your husband to commit to do this, um, it's it's pretty awesome. It like it definitely changed. Leslie and I's marriage, for sure. And we we had a pretty strong foundation, but it's for anybody in this kind of situation, in really dire situations, you know, a nine out of 10 doesn't matter. You're going to start to like unpack, un- unpack reasons why he can't empathize, why he can't, Listen and respond in a way you want. It may not be about you. You're kind of making it about you. There may be things about him that you don't know because you've never dove into his childhood. Um, So, if you can find, and in this for anybody out there, we highly recommend this. If you can find a reengage to get a part of, you will know and understand your spouse so much better. And hopefully, that will be able to. you know, create better, healthy environments for everybody. What they're going to tell you is you write both of your name and your spouse's name on a piece of paper. You circle your name, and then you spend the next 16 weeks working on the people inside the circle only. So if you go into it with that, um, maybe that can help your relationship. That was your question. So
2: That's so good. And I'm so sorry, Anonymous. I, I wish that I hate this for you. I hate what you're going through. I wish it wasn't this way. I wish that so many people listening weren't going through this. Um, but I could just say, just just hang on. Hang in there. This is a season and the season's going to pass. The answer is not divorce. The answer is not uh, somebody else. The answer is is staying there. Gratitude. Loving him. Serving him. Regardless of how he responds to it. That's right. And I want to say for the third time, this is not about sh- sh- some kind of strange chauvinism. Um, I would say the same thing to the man. If a man had emailed, I would say the same thing about him getting in there and making the, the meal and serving. I would say the same thing regardless of, of man or woman. Um, we should serve each other. Um, we should serve our kids. I would say it's the same answer. If you have a friend you're going through this with or a parent a dad, a mother, a child, a sibling, the same thing I would just say serve, serve them. Serve them selflessly. And although it might be difficult at first, you feel this growing tank as you start growing with gratitude and it just starts spilling over. And then that breaks the curse. That breaks the the bond of whatever he's going through. And he starts coming out of his shell because he's like, I just can't. I can't deal with all this gratitude. This is amazing. I just gotta got come out of my shell here. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody's gotta break it. If you nag him, if you ask him why he's so quiet, if you ask him why he's not a better husband, if you make examples of other people that are better than him, it does not make it better. It just mm-hmm. gets worse. Yep. Love you guys. See y'all next time. See you next Monday. Yee-yee.
1: Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
0: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
1: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.